Stock up on Adventures and Odyssey albums with Focus on the Family Canada's download sale. Download all your favorite Adventures and Odyssey albums and save up to 37%. This summer, the whole family will enjoy listening to Wit, Connie, Eugene, and all the lovable characters of Adventures and Odyssey. Don't miss out on Focus on the Family Canada's download sale. It ends July 5th. Buy now at shop.focusonthefamily.ca. That's shop.focusonthefamily.ca. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing, boys. <laughs> well, that's Daryl Waltrip mimicking how he used to kick off a NASCAR race from the television booth. And he's our guest today on Focus on the Family. Along with his wife, Stevie, your host is Focus President Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller, and a while back, it was our privilege to be in Charlotte, North Carolina, to record with the Waltrips at the Daryl Waltrip Museum in front of a live audience. It was a great day, John, and a lot of fun with our friends from Focus, and we enjoyed having one of NASCAR's all-time great champions with us. Uh, Daryl really knows how to drive, and in the 80s and 90s, he was the guy. Mm -hmm. He's fourth on the all-time NASCAR winning list, and uh, the Lord worked in his life to make some big changes, which helped he and his wife, Stevie, in their marriage, and that's what we're going to hear today. Let's go ahead and uh, go back to that day in Charlotte at uh, the museum for this fun visit on Focus on the Family. There you go. A lot of good folks out there. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl, let me talk to you about NASCAR, because a lot of people follow NASCAR. The TV audiences, uh, you do the Fox coverage, there'll be 250,000 people on, on, at the track sometimes and millions watching by television. Uh, for those that don't know NASCAR, what's its appeal, watching cars go fast around a track? Yeah, well, I, I, well competition. It's great competition. And, uh, and then the drivers, you know, the drivers are all uh, celebrities. People have their favorite driver. They pull for their favorite driver. Some people may fo- pull for their favorite brand of car. A lot of different ways to connect to what we do. And then we're on TV every week. Uh, the races are all live, flag to flag, every week. And it's a big production you know, they've been over here at the racetrack since Thursday. They were over Thursday practicing and qualifying. So it's a big, big production. It's a big weekend of, of uh, television and then all the things that take place at the track. It's, a, it's like going to a fair. If you, if, when you go to a race, you have to experience the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's a not great just, place for kids. And yeah, you don't just fun. show up for the race. That's right. Now, let me ask you, how did you get interested in this? And how old were you when you thought, I'd like to race? Well, seriously, I was six years old. Six years old. Yeah. That's not uncommon, though, a lot of these no. racers. No, but what was uncommon what, was... Do you, do you fall down, hit your head, and say, no, no, oh, no, no, I, no. I don't want to no. be a racer? No, my grandmother, uh, Oda Palestine Phillips, that was her name. Uh, my grandmother loved racing. And uh, my grandmother, she had a, a language all of her own, uh, at least it seemed that way to me at the time, because she said words I'd never heard before. <laughs> I have heard since, but I didn't, hadn't heard them at that point. So my grandfather and my, my grandmother, she loved G.C. Spencer, and so that was her driver. Oh, and so if anybody on... messed with G.C. Spencer, my grandmother was in their face, and I mean in their face. So my grandfather calls my mom and says, I need for DW to go to the races with Granny. My mom said, why? Keep her out of trouble. <laughs> Keep her out of trouble. Keep her out of trouble. <laughs> He said, she's going to get, I'm going to have to lock her up, you know, if, if she goes down in the pits cussing out any more drivers. So maybe if he's with her, 
she'll think twice about doing that Did and it work? keep her out of trouble. No, I went right along with her. <laughs> I was <laughs> mad as she was. Well, that kind of did set you up. You were a bad boy of NASCAR. I could could be said. Uh, I had a ro- I played a role. You played a role. Yeah. I really wasn't a bad person. Okay, now uh, but, but I had a bad reputation. You did, and we're going to get to how that changed. But one of the key ingredients in that change was meeting Stevie. Now, Stevie, a lot of moms and dads would say, if you were their daughter, you want to marry who? A race car driver? They Are said, you crazy? Yeah, they said that more. <laughs> believe me. Um, How'd that go when you came home and talked to your mom and dad about that? <laughs> well, I met this man. Yeah, they, they, um, I was in high school. The first time I met Daryl, I was, had just turned 16, and he was 19, and I wasn't even allowed to uh, go out with him. If he asked me, which he didn't, um, for a while, uh, they would not too, have let me go young, out with way him. Way too young. And, um, but then when we did, uh, I was a senior in high school, and nine months after we started dating, we got married. So I had just graduated from high school. And um, so this was not uh, part of what my parents had planned for me or had uh, in any way. So they, they were upset. But I have to say, my mother and dad, when they realized that this was the way it was going to go, they were very strong um, believers in the institution of marriage. And they decided, since I left Daryl, they were going to love him, too. And so... From the time we got married until they went to be with the Lord, um, Daryl always said, if something happened between he and I, he was going to go home to my parents. So <laughs> they, they became very close. That's, that's yeah, a great I, I, I didn't have a relationship with, with the Lord at that time, but the Lord did speak to me. Uh, I, I think, you know. How, God, how, what do you mean by that? Well, the- when, when, uh, when I met Stevie, uh, I knew uh in my heart and in my soul that she was the woman I was supposed to marry uh for a number of reasons but mainly because I just knew God said this is the woman you should marry don't let her get away and and because she was going to go to school she getting ready to leave to go to to Texas to school and I I knew if she did I, we might not get married right away and I I wasn't like pushing her or anything but I just I just knew that she was oh, the right yes, woman. Oh, he was. <laughs> and, and the problem was the Lord told him that, but he didn't tell my parents that. So. <laughs> or Stevie. <laughs> now, were you, were you racing at the time? Had you oh, hit yeah. the big track by that oh, point? Oh, no, no. I was racing on the well, – that's why my father-in-law, who had worked in the pits at Indy as, a, uh, as a, one of the safety workers in the Indy, they had volunteers up there at that time, and he had worked in the pits at Indy. He had been to the Daytona 500, so he knew about big leagues – racing but he didn't know about our little local racing at Whitesville Speedway or Ellis Speedway or Hobstad or some of the dirt tracks that I started out on so his image or his vision of racing was not very good I mean you know he talked about beer drinking and fighting and right. that kind of thing and so and it was and that that was true that's the way it was but I had a much bigger vision than that but it's, it was going to take a while for that vision to to come true so I was racing at that level that he didn't like and so when I talked to him about marrying Stevie, and he says, so how are you going to support my daughter? I said, I'm going to be a professional race car driver. Uh, and he didn't think that was 
going to work out so hot. <laughs> what did he say? I wasn't though? real sure myself. But what, what, I mean, yeah, it's all unknown at that point. And really, it's like any professional sport, one in a million yeah. can actually make it. But yeah. you did, and you did in a big way. Yeah. I, I was just determined. Uh, I, from the time I was a little guy, I raced my first race when I was 12 on a go-kart. I'd never driven a go-kart. I'd, just, I'd seen them race. I'd watched them race. I'd been to the shopping center parking lot where they raced these carts every Sunday. And for whatever reason, in, in my mind, if I ever had a chance, I could drive one of those things. It's faster, better than anybody out there. And that's what – it's kind of like a race fan that sits in the stand, says, oh, yeah, I got a Chevy SS like that, or I got a Camry like that. I guarantee you I could do that. <laughs> but that's kind of how I felt when I was a little guy. I said, if I ever get the chance, I know I could do that. The first time I got on it, I won. And you liked it. And I loved it. Daryl, talk about that. And Stevie, I want to hear your perspective on that. So you have success from 12 years old on, and you then eventually make it to the big track, NASCAR, the big leagues. What kind of person, let me turn it to Stevie, what kind of person was Daryl with that much success and that much... Remember the recording. (laughs) And that much competition. (laughs) I mean, it's a really unique environment that a lot of people don't get to where it's about winning every day, and you've got to have a fierce desire to win that's unusual. Um, at that time in his life, that was what his focus was completely and totally all about. His was to be a successful race car driver, and like he said, he was very determined, probably would have done just about anything to make whatever it was he thought should happen, happen. So we were married at the time, and my focus was on him and our marriage. His was on racing, and um, obviously our focus was not where it needed to be, Mm. and our relationship was not like I wanted it to be. And I'm not sure he even thought about our relationship at the time. Well, so, he was all consumed, right? He truly was. Yeah. And, uh, but because um, the Lord uses everything to um, – he can redeem anything. And because I was miserable in our relationship, then I started looking for the Lord. And I I believe at the time I was a Christian, but I was a baby Christian, and we didn't go to church because we raced. And so um, I asked the Lord on our 10th anniversary, I wrote Daryl just a a note to tell him how much I appreciated him and loved him. And we said our vows to each other again. And um, But I said, I I truly want to love the Lord more than I I do you. Hmm. And the Lord took that as a prayer. Huh. And from that, I'm, I'm, the Lord was working to get us both to that point. Did you in, convey that to Daryl, though? Oh, yeah, I wrote that in that note. Now, his, your competitive spirit, well, did you say, okay, now I'm in a race with yeah. God for here's, Stevie's here's, heart? Here's, here's what I had to figure out. Our God's a jealous God. I mean, the Bible says so. He is a jealous God. You will put no gods before me. Well, this building is full of things that I put before God. Hmm. Uh, from the very first time I ever drove a go-kart until 1983, I put a lot of things before God. The, my racing career, uh, Stevie and my marriage, I kind of threw God in there every now and then, you know, when I needed help. Uh, you know, I, it, it was hard. 
for me to let go because uh, I'd always done it. My, I always felt like I did it myself. Right. The races I won, the things I did, uh, it was things that I had done, and I wasn't giving God any glory. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Do you wake up and think of all the ways the day could go wrong? Does a list of worst-case scenarios play on a loop in your head? Can the littlest thing set off a spiral of what-ifs? Focus on the Family Canada has created a free PDF booklet filled with professional advice, biblical insights, and follow-up resource suggestions to help you better understand and navigate anxiety in your life. Download your free PDF booklet at focusonthefamily.ca slash anxietypdf. That's focusonthefamily.ca slash anxietypdf. Financial Moments with Tom Copeland. Do you think there's a difference between a secular perspective versus a biblical perspective in managing money and material things? The answer is absolutely yes. The biblical truth is there's a tremendous difference between a secular perspective versus a biblical perspective in managing money. And during the next several financial moments, I would like to provide examples of those differences. Do you think Christians ever fall into the secular mindset? The answer is yes. Sometimes Christians unintentionally or unknowingly manage money in a secular manner because most Christians have limited knowledge of what the Bible says on finances. As you reflect on these questions, I would encourage you to pray as David did in Psalms 139, which states, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. To learn more, check out copelandfinancialministries.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter under Bible Finance. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Daryl, uh, there was a particular race that got your attention because of what happened. Set the stage of what happened and how God spoke to your heart. Well, an athlete and, and race car driver, I can only speak as a race car driver. That's kind of how I think. But I think athletes in general think they're invincible. Uh, sure. That, there's, you know, I'm, when something would happen in, to other drivers, I'd say, well, he didn't know what he was doing. He wasn't that good. You know, he made a mistake, all those things. And uh, I'd never really been hurt in a race car. Uh, had some wrecks. I know I'm not saying I never wrecked, but I never had a serious wreck until 1983. Uh, in 83, I had a wreck at Daytona that I spun off turn four into the inside wall and uh, had a serious concussion. I mean, you, you, that car flipped how many times? No, they didn't. That, that's not a flip. This wasn't, no, was this wasn't flipper. This was this one 83, and I backed it in the wall and had a concussion. Went to two races and didn't even remember going to them when I finally woke up. Wow. Now, a lot of people said that wreck knocked me conscious. <laughs> what do you mean by and that? I, I think they were right because at that point, that's when I realized, whoa, you can get hurt doing this. And before 83, I had had an epiphany moment with the Lord and um, had started going to Bible study fellowship and listening to Chuck Swindoll on the radio <laughs> And would turn it up really loud so that when Daryl was shaving or getting, he'd have to listen. He would have to hear. This sounds like a normal marriage. You're so like this. You're so subtle about this. I know. Yes. (laughs) And 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 a lot of the uh, races that we would go to, I had my Bible study fellowship notes, and I'd be reading them out loud. Daryl, you won't believe what this is. So cool. Listen to this. And, um, Hold on and, a minute. Hammond's on the other line. Hang on. <laughs> but no, he, he actually was very uh, receptive, he, or he said he was. He, he said he enjoyed hearing them. 
and I would read those out loud to him, and we would talk about them. And I was, that was the first Bible study that I'd ever done in my life. And it, to this day, it's one of my best periods in my life, best memories. You're just hungry for God's just, word. I truly was. Yeah. Just couldn't get enough. And so, you know, the Lord was working. The Lord was using his words and his, um, in Daryl's life. He probably wasn't aware of that, but, but yeah. he was. One of the things that really uh, spoke to my heart uh, was Michael Card. Mm-hmm. Christian, and I were talking Christian about, singer yeah, back back Christian, in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, 90s. well, he still is, and writes. Yeah, most all of his songs are are right out of the Bible, Scripture. Most all of them are beautiful, beautiful songs. And we had met Michael and become friends with him and his wife Susan. And uh, I can't tell you how many times going to the track on Sunday morning, uh, we would listen to Michael Carden music, and uh, and it really kind of touched my heart. And then uh, in eighty three, after that accident in February, uh, we started going to a, uh, a church that met on Wednesday nights. Hmm. All those years before, my excuse was, well, I can't go. I don't have time. I, don't, I can't go to church on Sunday because I work on Sunday. All the races then were on Sunday afternoon. So I don't have time. I can't make it to church. So, And I'm not one of those guys. I'm either all in or I'm not going to do it, so we're not going to go. And then we found a ch- – she did – found a church that met on Wednesday night. And uh, Dr. Cortez Cooper uh, became a great friend and a great mentor and he helped me uh, rededicate my life. Well, and he asked you some very specific questions, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he was. But Dr. Cooper was a, he was a man's man. He knew, he knew about baseball. He knew about football. And he knew who I was. Uh, I, wouldn't, I didn't have any idea he knew me or that he knew anything about what I did. But he knew who I was. And, and we just connected. He knew the good, the bad, and the ugly. And he loved him in spite of it. Well, yeah. that's he a, truly did. Yeah, he, that's a key just, point, though. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, he would uh, put his arm around me and hug me and tell me that God loved me. Not He didn't tell me he loved me. He did. But he said, God loves you, and God has a plan for your life. And um, hmm. I said, I don't know, bud. Uh, does he like racing? <laughs> well, he a and, race fan? <laughs> and you and I have talked before. You also had the doubts that... Your character didn't measure up. Right? Yeah. Well, that's, how could God love me? In a lot of ways, that's true, and, and even in, in some ways that uh, that maybe you don't even realize. But we wanted to have children, and we couldn't. We kept trying, and we we couldn't. And uh, we tried for eighteen years to have children. And uh, I was at one time I was convinced that it was because of me. In what way? Like your behavior? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Because of my lifestyle. The way I, I didn't, I thought maybe God didn't think I'd be a good father. So God was stopping you from being a father yeah. in your yeah. mind, in my mind. Uh, and I know that's not true, but by the same token, uh, you know, when you try and you try and you try and and it's not happening, I kind of convinced myself that, you know, maybe God thinks I wouldn't be a good dad. When your first child came along, did, how did that change your heart and change your mind? <laughs> it was. Well, you, you well, listen. We, I got sick. We we lost. I, got, I had morning sickness. We lost babies before I finally got pregnant with Jessica, and um, and I had such a peace about this pregnancy. Daryl, on the other hand, when I when I got morning sickness, and I'm celebrating because <laughs> this is the way it's supposed to be, and it had not been that way in the previous pregnancy. So I'm celebrating being sick. And he actually got morning sickness. 
He actually got sick. Tough nine months, I'm telling you. <laughs> and, and that was the first time in many years that he went from January until September, which is my pregnancy, those nine months, uh, that he didn't win a race. He, I mean, he, he was completely changed by this little unborn baby. Huh. Yeah. Why was it such an impact on you, the hardcore winning driver? Well, yeah. mainly, you know, we had prayed a lot, and uh, my walk with the Lord had gotten stronger, and we were doing everything right. We kind of done everything wrong, or at least I had. And now we're doing everything right. And we're trying to. Yeah, we're trying to. And, and then I felt like I got right with the Lord. And uh, then this baby comes along, and 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 I changed teams. Uh, in the, I quit driving the eleven car for Junior Johnson, and I went to drive the Tide car for Rick Hendrick, and that was in 1987. And we had what they called the dream team. I mean, it was like the best of the best. Me, Waddell Wilson, all the best crew members you could assemble. We were going to win every race. I mean, we were, there was no question about it. With the talent we had. And the driver and the sponsor, we'd win every race. And we didn't win a race until September. Huh, all year? All year long. I mean, we had a f- good car, decent car, fast car, up in the points good, but we just didn't win. And uh, the weekend that Jessica was born, we won that race. That was our <laughs> first win that year. And and what was amazing about that was, and it's hard for me to tell these things because it touches my heart, but uh, – we're at Martinsville, one of my favorite tracks, short track, and I won a lot there. And uh, Jessica was born on Thursday, I think it was. And uh, so I had to go to the track, and I left Stevie and, and Jessica at home. And I get to the track, and Sunday morning I get to the track. And I'm, I'm on cloud nine. We've got a beautiful little baby girl. Things are good, man. They're good. Car won't run worth a flip, but... <laughs> Everything else pretty but good. But it didn't matter that Everything much. else pretty good, and I don't really care. <laughs> so I get to the track on Sunday morning. I go down to the car, and it's in the pits here, and I look in the seat of the car, and there's a vase with a rose in it oh. and a note. And I, I said, wow, what's this? Open up the note, and it said, win this one for me, Daddy. Oh. It still chokes you <laughs> it up. Does. It's great. <laughs> like a big old baby. But anyway... Well, wait a minute. So, <laughs> you won it, right? Yeah, but it's it's this is even better. Uh, so we hadn't won a race all year, and I show the note to all the guys, and they say, "Yeah, right." We hadn't won a race all year, but anyway, <laughs> in the race, we're not the car's decent, but it's not great. Late caution, get some tires on the thing, and we got to run it. To, we're going to get a pretty good finish out of this. White flag comes in the air, and I'm running third. I'm running behind Earnhardt's leading, Terry Labonte's second. I'm running third. And uh, we go down in the first turn, and Terry tries to get up on the outside of Dale, and Dale pushes him up the hill, and Terry gets in the wall coming off a of turn two, bounces off the wall. Well, now I, I know how Terry drives. I know how Dale is. Terry was hot, and he was going to go down in the third turn. He was going to boot old Dale. He was going to do the bump and run on him. Well, while they're up there, two knuckleheads messing with each other, here I come. I got a head of steam. I'm coming down the back straightaway, too, and I'm thinking I'm going to at least get by Terry. So I drive down in the third turn, and Terry overdrove the corner trying to get to Dale. I overdrove the corner trying to get to Terry. I bumped Terry. Terry bumped Dale. Dale and Terry went up the racetrack backwards, and I went by. And way, when I went by, <laughs> waving, 
And I didn't leave at 600 feet of that race, but I won that race. You led only 600 feet of 500 from, from miles. From turn four to the start <laughs> finish line. That's all I led. Oh I guess that's all that matters. That's all that mattered. I now, won that race. After the race, did they come to you and oh, yeah. pray for you? Oh, no. <laughs> no. They use some of those hyphenated words that we, don't, <laughs> we might not ought to be repeating. Those, those uh, grandmother words, yeah, those right? Grandmother those grandmother words. Your grandma <laughs> came back. Well, Granny was there. Yeah. But it was amazing because uh, it's the only race I won that year in 1987. Oh, that's something. Stevie, let me ask you this because so many people, they may not have a spouse who knows the Lord, and they're where you were. Um, speak to that wife who knows that her husband isn't there yet. And you could tell there was a change in Daryl. You know, so many times people say, well, how do you know if you encounter God? You saw a changed life mm-hmm. and a changed heart. I did. Describe yeah. who he became, the kind of man. Well, first of all, I never gave up on the hope that we have in Christ. Uh, the Lord's the one that does the saving, and my part is to pray, and that's what I did. And I asked people that I could confide in, that would love Daryl regardless. Now, this you've um, got to paint that picture because Daryl was that driver that everybody hated. I mean, they would throw beer cans at him and yell at him. Bones. Right? You were the bad boy. Chicken bo- even chicken bones. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but you were. Everybody, you I like were, both. I you were the, the bad guy. Today, who would that be? Oh. Or who's yeah, kind of that guy? Well, it could be a couple of guys. It could be Kevin Harvick. Uh, he's got a kind of hot temper. Written, and Tony Stewart. Kind of got a hot so that temper. hot tempers that paints Kyle the picture. Bush, Kyle Bush is a pretty probably a good representative of somebody that I acted like. Right, and so then continue from there, Stevie. So that well, paints so, the picture. Yeah, and then um, so I just I prayed, and so did a few of my close friends. Then I would, like I said, I read my notes to him, and I he could not help but notice the enthusiasm that I had in regards to the Bible and what I was hearing. And he grew up going to church. So it's not like it was completely foreign to him. But um, I'm sure it did have some sort of influence. And uh, so I would just tell a wife that um, you might give up on your husband, but don't give up on God. Mm. You know, um, the Lord wants um, wants all of us to be in his kingdom. So that was my approach with Daryl. And I also, you know, he, he there is this picture of this aggressive, angry young man, and he was, but also he had an incredibly tender heart. And I probably was maybe the only person that mm. recognized that. We can't have what he's got. I, he, I always think of him, his heart was so tender that he did whatever he could to protect that. Mm. And that's kind of how I, I saw him. And little by little, the Lord just chiseled away, chiseled away, chiseled away at that hardness. And it was, and you could see it. I could see it. And then yes. you knew he was changing. Yes. She likes to say that she'd been married to two men with the same name. <laughs> and, and that's, that's a good thing, truth. though. Yes, yep. We've been listening to a special Focus on the Family conversation with Daryl and Stevie Waltrip from Charlotte, North Carolina. That was recorded in the Daryl Waltrip Museum in front of a live audience. And uh, there was a steady rain coming down all day. You might have heard that, actually, in the background. It didn't dampen the spirits, though, of those of us in the room listening to this couple share um, so insightfully and candidly about their marriage and their experiences in NASCAR. 
And as you've heard about their spiritual journey, it may be that you'd like to know more about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, We would love to share a little booklet we have with you. It's called Coming Home, and it explains the Christian walk more fully. It gives you some next steps to grow in your faith. And we've got that online, or we can send a printed version to you. Our number is 800-A-FAMILY, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'll invite you back next time as we continue the discussion with Daryl and Stevie Waltrip and once more help you and your family thrive in Christ.